Hey everyone, welcome to the Wandering Years podcast, a podcast where we declare the truth that not all who wonder are lost. Yeah, so often the young adult years seem like years that are wandering, figuring out who we are. And our hope with this podcast is that you would know that not every moment is a wandering moment and that we'd love to join in this journey together with you. So I'm Andrew. And I'm William. Let's join in this journey together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Wandering Years. Uh, It's Andrew and I, and today we're having a fun conversation on calling and vocation, uh, something that uh, is definitely a big desert in the wandering years, um, questions that people ask. But um, where we want to begin is with our word of the week. So, Andrew, what have you been reading? What's hit you? What what word do you have for our people? Man, uh, I'm excited about this conversation. Uh, I think one of the biggest things uh, that people in their in their wandering years ask is this question calling vocation what am i supposed to do who am i supposed to be and so i'm really excited to jump into that and uh, my quote is uh, by uh, jean veith uh, from god at work she an author here and uh, this quote really really stuck out to me as i thought about this topic that we're looking at today and uh and so this is the quote An unexpected power flows forth in work when a man knows that he is truly under divine command and discharging the vocation at hand. A power greater than any to be found in the words of orators. And I think, man, so often we need to consecrate what the Lord has put in front of us as the work of the, of, as God's work. As work, as work that he has, uh, as work that he has put out for us to do, and it's a way to honor him. But uh, I think it's important to consecrate, to consecrate even the work that we're doing right now, yes. as the calling that God has placed on our lives. And that's not always easy. It's not easy, man. That's oftentimes tough. But consecrating that, recognizing what the Lord has us in at this moment in time is the place that he has us for a reason. And we have to remember that. So I'm not going to start preaching because I will. This topic is a passion of mine, but I'm going to throw it back over to you. Uh, William, what's your word of the week? Yeah, yeah, man. Well, that was, I really liked yours a lot. Often the weight of like an uncertain future crushes us and just to take it day by day. And I love what Lewis says in this screw tape letters, but, um, and the uh, eternity uh, only touches the present. Um, from our vantage point, like the future doesn't exist and the past is fixed, but etern- like eternity with all of its glorious like light only t- is only touches the present. That's where we get in touch with that. So that's good, man. I like that. Um, so my word of the week has nothing to do with our topic today. <laughs> I love it. Um, and this is just to invite everyone into how I like have all these Lewis quotes, but every year I basically base my reading around um, C.S. Lewis because if you read him and you read him deeply, then you'll basically get a pretty solid classical liberal arts education. Um, and so it's kind of my window into being well-read. Uh, and that's my that's my advice to anybody who wants to, um, you know, be a good reader is find someone you really love and read everything they wrote and then read the people who inspired them. Wow. So that's just, it's, it's a fun thing to do. But anyway, uh, this year I'm reading Paradise Lost because Lewis wrote uh, an introduction, to, like a preface to Paradise Lost that's really good. And I bought that in a bookstore in San Francisco, like for $1. And I didn't even know that it existed. So it's been on my shelf for years. And so I decided finally that I'll, I'll read Paradise Lost. And that's kind of funny because it's supposed to be like the greatest English poem ever. And I'm only reading it just to read like what Lewis wrote about but here's here's my word of the week uh, this was from the the preface to the preface of Paradise Lost when the old poets made some virtue their theme they were not teaching but adoring and that what we take for the didactic is often the enchanted um, what he's talking about here is that if you go back and you read a lot of great literature they will 
um, in lofty words and beautiful language, talk about different kinds of virtues, love, chastity, temperance, prudence. Um, and to like a modern ear, like it can sound like they're just like high nose, like trying to get, like trying to teach us, like this art exists only to teach something. But I, what I love that what Lewis says here is he's recovering this vision of um, art as being something that has a transcendent vision. Wow. Um, you're not just making something to teach somebody something. You are seeing something unique about God's creation, about who God is, about um, you know His moral law, and you love that thing so much you can't help but try to represent it. Um, and I think that's what art should do, and I think we've lost that in today's world. Um, a lot of the movies that I see today are try- are they have values that they want to push, but they create the art just to teach us the values but they've lost this transcendent vision and so that's my word of the week um i hope that this podcast can enchant you all uh to help you through (laughs) the wandering years of vocation so let's get into it so we're talking about vocation and calling today and I think where we want to begin is maybe by talking about what a calling is and what it's not. Because this is, this is a tricky subject, actually, and I think a lot of Christians, young Christians especially, feel the weight of this kind of unshakable calling on their lives, and they have a lot of fear. You know, like, what if I don't live into this? Or am I doing something like, am I outside of God's will? What will He do if I do? You know, so we just want to kind of look at this uh, from both sides and, and maybe find a, um, a, a middle way. So, Andrew, uh, maybe you want to kick us off with what a calling is and what it's not. Yeah, you know, I think that you're exactly right. And I think so often people will either get overwhelmed by the calling that God has placed and in, in this inner desire of wanting to live into it. But I think also people really get uh really struck down with this idea of calling being this one moment in time one opportunity what that's this one thing that if i miss it i miss the calling that god has placed on my life and i i was one of those people for so long i was so stressed out and was like i have to be on the lookout for this one thing that god has called me to because i just don't want to miss it I don't want to miss what the Lord has in store for me. Like, I don't want to miss that thing that God has set aside just for me. And someone looked at me one time, I remember, as I was just stressing over this. I was so, uh, I was so distressed and worried that, not that I wouldn't live into it, but that I'd miss it uh, because of one thing or another. And I think it was really great. I love the book, The Call by, by Oz Guinness. And I would highly recommend anyone who is in a season of working through calling, working through vocation, trying to figure out who you are. That's a book I would highly recommend digging into. But Oz Guinness talks a lot about call being both primary and secondary. Our first primary calling is to God himself. And that is universal among the believer. Uh, that that it does not matter what skills you have. Our primary calling is to God himself, to relationship with him, to desiring him. And as we seek after him, we know and are promised that he seeks after us. And that secondary calling is where we enter into the unique gifts, skills, talents, and abilities that God has that God has uniquely woven into who we are, and use it to build up each other and to build up the gift. I love uh, this is this is Ephesians four eleven and twelve, and He Himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, some, uh, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ so that the church would be edified. But we also see in Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And I have one more for you, Colossians 3.23, Work with all your heart for the Lord and not for man. Uh, And so I think that... 
I think that it's important, and I think Osginus's definition of looking at our relationship with the Lord first yes. before we dig into what it means to be a good to be a good doctor, uh, you know, business person, sales rep, you know, grad student, college student, whatever that may be. Because here's the here's the kicker, and this, and then I want to hear your thoughts on this, William. Uh, one of Oz's biggest biggest words to us is that unless we are being faithful to fulfill our primary calling we will never truly be able to fulfill our secondary calling well it does not matter what's going on does not matter what actions we take part in does not matter how hard we work at it the primary calling comes first and is our utmost responsibility and our secondary calling comes second what you got yeah well man and even like even if you do succeed in that secondary calling, but you don't have the first, it will crush you. Oh, yeah. Because it'll go to your head, and it, you'll think that you're, like, the, the success will kill you. Um, it'll inflate your pride, your ego. You'll put so much of your identity into your job, you know, that it becomes everything for you. And that's even scarier than, like, failing. <laughs> yeah, amen. Um, and especially, like, in, in the West, because we really do put so much of our identity in in our jobs in what we do the first question like i mean you know this like college students like what are you gonna what are you studying (laughs) what are you gonna do like that's always the first question always um and we really do live into this uh yeah this kind of culture of your job is your identity Mm. um and it's really uh it's really a myth um you know, like Eastern cultures, like your identity is your relationships, yeah. your family. Um, that's who you are. And your job is just a means to an end mm. of providing for your family. But in the in the West, your, your job is the end of itself. Mm. I think the thing that we have to just be cautious of is like Tower of Babel story. Like they were trying to make a name for themselves and become gods. And when we put that secondary calling first, we really end up doing that. And it leads to a lot of fragmentation, um, ego. And then on the flip side, if we fail, our hearts are crushed. Like, I'm a failure. Like, I didn't make it into this school or I didn't make it in this profession. or And then we're just done. Um, And so this, I guess this podcast, we're really trying to recover, like, that primary calling of, of, like, being who we are in Christ. Yes. And then when that happens, just like St. Augustine says, he says, love God and then do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> and you will be in God's will. Yeah. Um, because God's will is not this, like it's not like a dartboard that's like has one little tiny no. point that you have to hit. The whole thing, like the whole thing, the whole door that the dartboard's on in Christ is like God's will. Um, and... That's like that's something that I really try to drive home, and I I, I think we, I've said this before. We we did a podcast like maybe what two years ago, on this on the the church podcast. But I was like, man, like if our church ha- ha- hung a big banner outside the front of the church that said, "We know God's will for your life," yeah. or like, "We know His calling on your life," like it would be packed. It's like, over. Everybody yeah. would be here. They'd be like, "Finally, someone can tell me We've exactly." Look, well, yeah, we we want to know. Somebody could finally tell me what what to do. And literally, it would just be, I would open up to 1 Thessalonians 4.3. It's God's will that you be sanctified. Amen. God's will for your life is that you are conformed to the image of Christ yes. and that you know Him. That's His will. Yes. Um, and then you get to participate in restoring, redeeming, and reconciling creation. And that's so much more freeing, right? So much more freeing. When we live into that, yes. instead of being, oh my gosh, I have to be, I have to be this, I have to live into this mold of, of production of this, what this specific job is calling me to be. What you're talking about is so much more freeing. Yes, it, I mean it is. It, it takes the burden off. It makes you like because so often we feel like we're behind. Yeah. Like man, I feel like I should be here. Um, and I guess we're trying to get God to like co-sign what we want to do anyways. Probably. That's probably what ends up happening most of the time. Yes. Um, but then when you have it this way, it reorders your heart because you're like, oh my gosh, like if I'm pursuing the kingdom of heaven first, then what I want to do is okay because it's been shaped and formed by, um, by who God is. Um, um, 
But I wanted to read this. This is from Frederick Buechner. Um, he's one of my, my favorite authors. And, uh, and we were just, we picked up uh, um, Dr. Ben Witherington from the airport, Andrew and I did, and we were asking him who some of his favorite authors were, and Frederick Buechner made the list. So if Dr. Witherington, you know, gives him a shout out, then you know he's good. Um, but this is, uh, this is what he said uh, about vocation. It comes from the Latin vocare. Actually, it'd be pronounced vocare because I was in Latin club. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Vocare. To call in means the work of a man is called to by God. There are all different kinds of voices calling you to all different kinds of work. And the problem is to find out which is the voice of God rather than of society or the superego or self-interest. By and large, a good rule for finding out is this. The kind of work God usually calls you to is the kind of work A, that you need most to do, and B, that the world most needs to have done. If you really get a kick out of your work, you've presumably met requirement A, but if your work is writing TV deodorant commercials, the chances are you've missed requirement B. And if that's your job, I'm sorry. (laughs) On the other hand, if your work is being a doctor in a leper colony, you've probably met requirement B, but if most of the time you're bored and depressed by it, the chances are you've not only bypassed A, but probably aren't helping your patients much either. And this is, this is the kicker. Neither the hair shirt nor the soft birth will do. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Wow. Where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet meet I love that because it does it gets in line with what we were saying that so much of this is like based on so much of our calling is based on how God wired us and the passions that he gave us but then the second half of it is where is the world's deep hunger for restoration and when when you find that like Andrew shaped hole in the world and you can fill it like that's that's your vocation amen so and and then I love how he how he has the two points of like your passion and then the need, um, because sometimes you can you can get into a job you really love that really maybe isn't that is not helpful or that is actually destructive. Yes. Um, and so yeah, I really like that man, and um, so that's kind of that's my best my best shot at like what a calling is. Well, you said something interesting that I want to that I want to touch on for a second because. Uh, what you talked about was that the role that God plays in calling us to something. We miss that sometimes. We look into it and the world tells you, hey, where can you, where can you rise up the most in power and affluence? Where can you make the most money? You know, where can you, and here, and here we are to tell you, and I really, well, here I am. I'm not going to speak for William, but I really believe that God desires, God God desires to call us to a calling, to a vaca- to a vocation, uh, where where the passions that we have that have been laid on our hearts and the need in a specific situation, uh, we have to discern in that moment if our passion and the need that is there and God's will does it all intersect? Does it all intersect in that moment in time? Because God always desires that we are provided for, but he is the ultimate provider for us. And guess what? If he's calling you to something, he will be faithful to care for every need that you have. Um, But I think it's important that we make sure and, and emphasize the part that so much of calling is not about what, what necessarily is not about what we want. You know, it's, it's, it's allowing the opportunity for to hear God's voice, to respond with the passions that He's given us, to see potential need that's in front of us, and to discern: Do I should I move forward or should I not? Uh, and and it's and I, so I think that's really great. And man, I think that something that is an essential tool for us in dealing with this is prayer. Uh, essential tool in calling and vocation is t- we cannot hear and discern the will and the word of the Father unless we are communicating with the word and the will of the Father. Uh, and so, and so, William, I think it's important, and this kind of 
almost takes us into the next idea is that as we think about jobs, as we think about work, as we think about, you know, maybe for folks listening right now, it's like they're in a job either that they, they may love or they may be like, I don't understand. I don't understand why I'm in here. I don't find joy in this. Maybe it's, maybe it's actually having bad effects of just uh, affecting the way that we don't just look at work, but we look at um, really just who we are. And so, you know, talk to us, talk to us for a second about jobs and and calling and vocation, but how it applies to work. And also I think that, uh, I think that it's important to understand what is the difference between the job that we are in in this moment and the calling that we have? Are they the same? Are they not? So I I don't know what, as you hear those things that I just say there, uh, what are things that kind of come to your mind? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's a yes and no kind of question. Uh, I think that God's God's calling is really always where you are in that moment. Um, God's God's not waiting to use you here or there. He wants to use you right now. And so oftentimes, like, God's calling in your life is who are the people around you? Uh, what are the things that you see right now? How can you be faithful with little? Um, because he promises that if you're faithful with little, you can be faithful with much. Yeah. Um, and so oftentimes you kind of get in this mindset like, oh, I'm not here, so therefore uh, God's not using me, or I'm unimportant, or I don't have like any sense of worth. Um, and that's uh, a lie. Like nothing is wasted on God. He doesn't make mistakes. And so if you are like in a transition phase or like you're in a gap year or you're a senior and you don't have like that internship lined up, you're not like you're not missing God's calling. God's calling is uh, is specific to where you are. And the the verse that I mean, I've said this on lots of different podcasts, but it really is Psalm thirty seven: Dwell where you are faithfully, and God will grant you safe passage. Yes. Like dwell whole heart where you are, and love others deeply. Pursue Christ. And, you know, work hard, be dutiful, like with applications or internships. But then, like, you don't have to put your whole, the whole weight of your identity into it to where it crushes you. You can almost have an open hand with it. Um, this is something else I wanted to mention about uh, identity in work, and this is so cool. Um, but, like, we, we literally get our, our names from our work. Yes. Smith. Um, or um, yeah, help me out. I'm, I'm drawing some blanks here. Yeah. Uh, like Miller or um, Grinder. Like we get our names, our family names from our vocations. Like it's that's how deeply ingrained that sense of getting our identity from our work is. But the cool thing about the gospel is, if you read in Revelation, it says that Jesus will give us a white stone with our new name written on it. You get your identity and your fulfillment in Christ. And when you do that, then you can give your whole heart to your work in the right kind of way. Um, But going back to the question about, uh, like, is the job I'm doing the same as as my calling? Yes and no. Um, The the no... Well, I'll, I'll just say it this way. I think that that calling is made up of so many different kinds of things and um i definitely want to talk like with how you discern calling but this is my kind of run through list of it it's uh, a calling in discerning your calling is a mix of revelation what god has revealed to you um either through scripture or prayer um or that like deep feeling in your gut you know revelation affinity what makes your heart come alive? Uh, or on the flip side, what makes you so angry you wish you could change it? Yeah. Because like anger is the food of passion. And oftentimes with people who like I, I meet with who say they don't know what to do, I will ask them, I'm like, okay, write down five things that make you just flipping angry. Mm. And then that can be like, okay, maybe, maybe God's calling you into those places of restoration. Um, because passion comes from the Latin word for suffering, passio. And uh, your passion is something that 
you love so much you're willing to suffer for it. Um, so revelation, affinity, then affirmation. We can be so, um, you know, blinded uh, by our own interests or egos that we think we're called to something when in reality, like, our giftings don't really, like, align there. And so it really takes community affirmation um, because we cannot understand ourselves without paying attention to what our brothers and sisters see in us. Um, And then there might be opportunities out there that are just perfect for us that we've never considered because we've never had that community affirmation. Um, So revelation, affinity, affirmation, and then ability. What are your giftings? What has God uniquely given you for his kingdom? And your gifting is really interesting because we can often be blind to it too. It's that thing where you're like, oh yeah, everybody can do that. Like, but you have that feeling because it's so easy to you because it's your gifting. Yeah. Um, when in reality, not a lot of people can do that. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is opportunity. What doors are open before you? Um, I was at a seminary class with uh, Dr. Dongle, Dongle, uh, New Testament. And he said, uh, he said this. He said, his testimony has been a series of falling backwards through the next open door. <laughs> And that's just kind of how the Lord brought him to where he is. Amen. And that's kind of been my story too. And so this question of, is a job I'm doing, is it wrapped up in my calling? Yes. Um, God, if it's aligned with, you know, your giftings or your affinities, um, you know, those kind of things, sure. If, but you could do your, you could live out your calling anywhere. And I really, I really think that. So. Yeah. I think you bring up a really good point too, because so often we want to look at we want to look at difficult days in our jobs and be like, I don't know, is this really my calling? And I'm here to be the guy who tells you, shoots you straight, and just say, just because there are hard days doesn't mean it's not the place where God has called you to be. Oftentimes, there will be hard days, yeah. even the biggest, even the most, the most passionate part that you have of your job the most your favorite job that you've had over the course of your life there's going to be hard days yeah well that's the definition of passion something that's going to be so hard you're willing to like suffer for it because you love it exactly and i and so i think it's important to distinguish that uh there will be hard days there will be struggle but uh, you know just like what you're saying william is the job that i'm doing and the my calling the same uh, part of me can't answer that for I you. I know, right? You know, part of me, I, I can tell you what to look for. Yeah. I can tell you what to look for. I can tell you, you know, just like what William was saying, I thought I echo all that of what you're saying of like, is is the need that's in place, is the passions that you have, is the revelation that God has set in store for you, is that lining up? Uh, and if it's not, maybe it's not your calling. You know, maybe it's not, but, but... I, I think that so often, uh, I think that so often we have to recognize that there are seasons in this life, uh, and God has you in place where you are for a reason. And so often, one of the best prayers that we can pray as we work through what uh, what our calling is, and this is specific for someone in their twenties, a college student, it's uh, is is. A, God, would you allow me to, to know myself? Yes. Know the, know, would you allow me to know myself, the areas that are broken, but also the giftings and the talents that you have created me with? Uh, and God, would you, um, would you allow me to, uh, would you allow your voice to speak above everything else? God, I do, uh, just like if you were a follower of Jesus and you devoted yourself to Jesus saying, God, will you, will you use me? If you're not a follower of Jesus, well, that's a conversation that, that we need to have first before we talk about, before we talk about calling and vocation. Um, but, but as you respond to the calling and, and the transformation that the Lord has placed on your life, uh, then you get to say, hey, Lord, I give my life to you again. Will you allow me to be faithful in my job, in my home? Like, Lord, I, I, I'm desiring and I'm trying to discern what you want me to do with this specific job, with this specific place. If you want me to move and go somewhere else, I need your voice. And would you, would you remove the noise? 
And the Lord will be faithful to share that. He will be faithful to show you the seasons that he's that he has you in. And and William, I, I think that he's faithful to to show you and give you a peace when it's time to transition into a new season as well. You know? Oftentimes he'll he'll show up in a way that you know it's only him. Yeah. Um and then these these moments of like of waiting, like if you're in a job that I mean you really know that it's not your calling. It's it's good to you know have an have an eye to the future, but don't don't neglect the present. That's really what I what I think we want to say. Um, and then those times of, of of waiting when you are when we're trying so hard to listen to God's voice because there are other voices. Yes, there's a big one is the voice of your parents. Yes, um, their expectations for you, or the voice of your culture or your community. Um, or the voice of ego, or, you know, there are so many voices out there. And it's worth listening to, because like what we said, part of it is like, you know, that community affirmation, but discerning God's voice really is the first one. And it takes a long time. It's not going to be overnight. It's going to be, it's, it might take half a year, you know, or more. And I think when, to share this, and then let's keep rolling, but... Um, I think so often discerning affirmation from community, I would I would encourage people to find those one, two, three people that you know in your life who you recognize who they are, you respect, yes. uh, you respect not just who they are, but you respect um, and recognize their them seeking after the Lord, uh, and and talk to them. You don't talk to everyone because guess what? Everyone will give you a different opinion depending on what's going on. But you want to talk to people who are who are seeking after the Lord faithfully uh, and listen to them. Yeah, and that's how it was for me. Like guys who intentionally discipled me, mentored me, and then my brothers in Christ that uh, I had a license to know my story and my heart. Those are the, those are the, the, the voices that I, that I, that I listen to. So, yeah, man. Yeah, no. Um, I, I want to say this too. If you're a college student and you're trying to discern what you what what you want to study, and like that's all wrapped up in God's calling, this is my advice. Like, this might not be a word from the Lord, like Paul says. This is a word from William. But <laughs> literally, study what you want, yeah. like what makes your heart come alive. Yeah. Because uh, Andrew, you're you're a pastor. Yeah. What. What what did you major in in college? Uh, public relations and marketing. <laughs> I I am a pastor. I majored in English literature, and so off, like you will be surprised, but almost everyone in their job is doing something that they didn't major in. Exactly. And so the the weight of that world as a freshman in college is crushing. Um, but I would really encourage you to to study what you want, and then um, and then opportunities will come. Amen. So that's just that's my brief word. But if it's like Japanese, like art from the middle, middle medieval ages uh and you know whatever <laughs> i love it i love, I love it. it yeah 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 um so, you, but you know william going. i think that i think that you know as we kind of walk towards uh the later half of our conversation today yes. i, I want to talk through this idea of i want to talk through this idea of success for a second yes. And how it applies to work and and yes. let's talk we can even touch on you know what has god what is a theology almost, uh, a study of work, and how that applies to success. Because you hear that so often in the world. I just want to be successful. I just want to be successful. I want to be successful. I want to be able to say that I have been accomplished and done what has been set before me. And so, But so often we say that, but we've never taken the time to actually define what that means. And I think success and work are are intricately connected. Uh, and so I, I, I want to talk about that for a second uh, before we give some encouragement uh, to folks who are in a season of trying to discern this. Um, so talk for a second about uh, what is success, but also when it comes to the idea of work and what God has ordained for what work is and what work is not, how do they intersect? Yeah. Um, man, success. Uh, there are so many different definitions of success out in the world. Um, you know, if you take like the Nietzsche route of like success is power, having influence, having authority, being able to like have your will be done, uh, or you know, modern times success is money, influence, uh, 
uh, your your affluence. But I think real success is walking faithfully in the way of Jesus. And I think a better measure of success is the depth of your relationships. Um, because, uh, man, if you uh, if you got everything but you don't have you don't have people who love you like what's what's it worth well you know um and then yeah i mean i always go back here to um mother Teresa saying because uh, you know she was in the slums um in the most destitute places and if you read her like journals she was often despairing most of the time because very rarely you know did she see like success um, but she like prayed like God, you're not calling me to be successful. You're calling me to be faithful, mm. um, and that's that's what success is. It's being faithful mm. um, because often, like in the scriptures, nail this home. God's power is made perfect through our weakness. Amen. Um, it's in those moments of failing, of brokenness, of not measuring up that allows God to move. Yeah. Um, and the story that I, that I that I love that really captures this is uh, Tolkien's story. It's called Leaf by Niggle. Mm-hmm. Tim Keller talks about this a lot um, in his his book Every Good Endeavor. But I also love. I'm just a big Tolkien head. But the story is basically this. Um, it's 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 this little guy. His name is Niggle. He's um, he's an artist, and he has this idea in his mind of this beautiful tree. And like I was talking about art at the beginning, he sees it. It doesn't exist, but he sees it. It's beautiful. And he wants to make this tree so that everybody else in the world can see it. And this was an allegory for what Tolkien was doing with his work. He had this idea of Middle Earth in his mind, and he wanted people to see it. Um, But the only thing Niggle could paint was just one little leaf. That's all he could do in this life, was just get one leaf of this vast tree and then life gets in the way, and he thinks he thinks that he's a failure. He thinks that he, I mean he he didn't do he, he just barely scratched the surface of what he thought was success. Yeah. Then the story keeps going, and he ends up he dies, and then he's in heaven. And in heaven, he sees the tree. The tree is there; it's flourishing, and by golly, everyone else there can see it. And man, that's the thing about work is that we if we're living in line with our calling, we get a glimpse of something of what heaven will be. Amen. And then our calling, whether you know, if you're a lawyer, you're working for justice. Justice that's only gonna be attained in heaven. If you're a doctor, you're trying to get people to wholeness and healing. That's never gonna exist until new creation comes. Yeah. You know, if you're a teacher, you want people to flourish, and it's never going to come fully until new creation. Yeah. But what success is, is seeing that vision and giving everything, uh, and then knowing that it's okay if, if you know, it's okay when the, when the world just kind of is there. When, like, you read Ecclesiastes, everything's vain, work is vain, it's futile, you know? Um, but the like Christian success is the hope that it's not wasted with God, yeah. that He is bringing in new creation, and that one day all the work that you've done really is not wasted, but it was an integral part of God bringing in that whole restoration of society. And so, man, success is being faithful, like Niggle painting that leaf here with all of his heart or whatever that job is in front of you, doing it with all of your heart, with the hope of the gospel that God is restoring and redeeming all things. And so, man, that's that's success. And when you have that in mind, when life gets in the way and things go wrong and, you know, the, the flesh, sin, the devil get, get in the way and tear things down, your identity and your heart is not crushed because you know that ultimately God is the one who is working and restoring and redeeming all things. So... 
Wow, man. That's that's so good. And I think it's just, I think it's important to understand that. You know, it's, it's important to understand, you know, what Scripture says when it says, you know, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And all your ways seek after Him and He will make your path straight. You know, I think about... You know, I think about from the very beginning of Genesis, you know, God God ordains work. He, he did it himself. He spoke and the world was created. Uh, but he also ordains rest. And, and he ordains and he shows all throughout scripture limitations that different people had. As a, and it was an opportunity to respond back to our dependency and our need on God. Uh, but in our weakness, in our need, God was still glorified and his will was still obtained. Uh, and we recognize that all through scripture. Uh, we recognize that all throughout all throughout from the Old Testament to the New Testament, uh, that God, yes, ordains work. We recognize that, but he ordains rest, and he shows that limitations are real, and we have a dependency and a need on God. We can't do it all. We cannot do it all. We We can work at it with all our heart. We can, but we are imperfect, and we will fail. It happens. It's not an if. It happens. And what we have the opportunity to do, if you've said yes as a follower of Jesus, it's like, hey, hey, if we respond to the call God has, not just in our lives, but to to work at it with all our hearts for the Lord and not for man, it's like we have the opportunity to use the skills that God has already given us. It's his, it's, it's him who has been the one who has given us these skills and abilities and opportunity to be able to work. We get to honor God's name in that work and so as we talk about success it roots out of our work yes but man we have an opportunity uh we are given the privilege but it's also a responsibility uh to honor the lord but also to make sure the body is edified and the work of the body is furthered and i think this question of success college student this question of success, young adult, this question of success, whoever's listening right now, is going to be where the world and where the body of Christ will create. Well, there will be a lot of friction there because they see it very differently. Uh, but hear me when I say this. Um, when you're faithful to what the Lord has in store for you uh, and when you're faithful to use the gifts and talents that God has given you to, to honor his name, you will always have what you need. The Lord is always faithful to carry out what you need. Uh, so when it comes to the idea of success, I think that success is that we would pursue the Lord first and trust his will. And we would use the gifts and talents that God has given us uh, to carry out that will here on earth. You know? and and But it's to, it's to edify the body. And it's, it's to edify the body, and it's to make sure the church be honored. And here's the other thing, too, and I'm and I'm a touch on this. I, I, this is probably a little bit of a different conversation, but I think it's important to I think it's important to sprinkle it in a little bit uh, that the skills, the talents that God has given you, are not just intended to be used in your work; they're also be intended to use in the church to further the body and to build the church. Uh, and to see that God's body is, is honored. Uh, and so, yes, we work, but our part of our calling, again, and I think this roots out of the primary calling to the Lord, but it's also to make sure that the skills and the gifts that God has given you would be used amidst the body as well and in the church to see the Lord's name honored. Uh, I don't know. You yeah. have it. You want yeah. to touch on that for no, a second before abso- we close? Absolutely. Uh, this question about, about calling can kind of, uh, make us have a skewed vision of work that uh, work work that has a calling associated with it is only like church work or like religious work but then like your job the way you make a living is different from like um, yeah your like religious calling you can, you can compartmentalize church on Sunday and then the rest of your like work life here and uh, if you look at the story of, of like scripture of like of creation all work is sacred. Amen. Um, unless it's like, you know, uh, creating like 
something terribly destructive. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly, uh, or harmful. But all all work all work is sacred. Um, before the fall, if you look at the story of creation, there was work. Yeah, um, Adam and Eve were called to till the ground. Yeah. They were called to work the garden. Yeah. They were called to make um, the the wilderness of the rest of the world beautiful. Um, and so, work is essential to who we are as human beings. And then your work as a financial analyst, as an accountant, as a teacher, as whatever, is sacred. Yeah. And so you're totally right. God has put you there to um, help bring that kind of new creation vision uh, down to earth. Um, and then, like you were saying, um, you're called to edify the body. Um, there are lots of stories of people who... Uh, you know, come to know Christ, and they're like, "Well, I need to quit my job, and I need to um, go to seminary and do all these things and be a pastor." And like, okay, maybe, yeah. but you know, the gifts and the position that God has given you are amazing, Amen. and you know what you could use for where you are. Yeah. And the story that I, that I love to tell is of Will, William Wilberforce, mm-hmm. um, who was um, in in Parliament um, in the late 1700s, early 1800s, and um, I think he was, it might have been John Owen, who was his, like, pastor. And William Wilberforce had this, like, conviction of to, to work for God. And he was going to leave his position and go and, and take uh, become, like, a priest and, you know, be in the church. And uh, whoever his mentor was, I can't remember, basically said, do you know how much God can use you where you are Amen. to change the world? Yeah. Like, remain where you are. Paul says the, th- the same things. Remain where you are when you've become a Christian. Um, you know what he did? He was the one who li- like got the, the the international slave trade banned. He was the one who did all that legislation and signed all, and, and did it all and basically was the front runner of the abolitionist movement. God used William Wilberforce where he was uh, for his glory, and he does he does the same thing um, to us, and so. Man, it's a cool thing. Amen, man. And as you know, I think that as we close, I, I do recognize, especially in the wandering years, calling a vocation is hard because so often we're in that wandering stage or we feel like we're in the wandering stage of like, man, I want to do this. I want to go do these big things, but I'm not there yet. You know, or maybe I, I feel like I'm trying to think about this idea of wanting to do this or have this talent or have this passion area, but I'm in something completely different and I don't know how to get where I'm going. So William, as we close, I really want to spend some time uh, encouraging folks and specifically that person who feels maybe that their current work may not align with the calling that God has placed on their lives. So as we kind of close things out today, uh, what are some words that you would give to that person? Yeah. Um, it's good. It's good to hope. It's good to have that, you know, desire. Um, but don't don't neglect the present. Yeah. My encouragement is to, uh, this is what um, Dorothy Sayers would say, but serve the work. Whatever the work is that in front of you, whether it's you as a student or it's you at a, like, in-between job, like, serve the work with humility. Do your absolute best with integrity, with kindness, with grit, um, and give it give it all your heart. Um, it reminds me of what we were saying a couple like last 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 season. But everyone wants a revolution, but no one wants to do the dishes. Yeah, and where where you are is not is not demeaning. Um, it's holy, and so it's good to you know want more, um, but don't don't neglect the present. Serve where you are, work where you are with humility. Um, and this is, I really think that this is true, but all work that is well done is good work and it's God's calling. Um, Grant said this when we were talking uh, a while back, but he's like, a, a Christian pilot, a, a Christian pilot lives out his calling by landing the plane. <laughs> you know? And so where if you are a student, like you're living out God's calling by writing the best paper that you possibly can or reading that book and, and arguing something good, true, and beautiful the best way that you can. 
you know, give, I mean, literally give it your all and then dwell where you are faithfully and God will grant you safe passage. Um, and I would encourage you, to, you know, be prayerful, be looking for opportunities, put yourself out there, but don't neglect the present. So, I think that, I think that it's so powerful that we, um, that we do that, that we dwell in the land faithfully. Uh, because here's the thing. I, I think that we have to, in these seasons of trying to work through this, the prayer that we often have to pray is, you know, Lord, would you remove the noise? Uh, and so that all of that I can hear is you. And I've talked, and I've been in this part too. It's like I, you know, I have been in this place and season in my life where I'm like, man, I just feel like I'm on the bench, but I'm ready to get put in the game, yeah. you know? And I'm, yeah, maybe working this job, but like, this is not what I'm really doing. When I get this job, I'm really going to be yes. put into the game. Right. You know? Yes. And dude, uh, the thing, the thing is that I've struggled with that too, but if we got put in those positions, maybe we don't, we wouldn't have the character or the ability to actually hold them. Like that would crush us. Oh, 100%. And like I it's I have to have the humility to know that like where I am is shaping me and forming me to be the kind of person that can handle that responsibility where it comes. Um like uh if you listen to the Mars Hill story, like Mark Driscoll got put into a position of influence and power that his like character wasn't uh it it couldn't hold it. And uh the I mean the thing that I like to point to is Lord of the Rings, yeah. Aragorn. Aragorn's the king, but he spent most of his life as a ranger in the north, just stewarding creation, protecting people, doing good things that were unseen by everyone. But that build it, built up his heart to a place to where he could be the king. Amen. Well, and, and I think it's important for us to know, and where we'll close is this, uh, you're in the game right now. Right. Wherever yeah. you are right now, this is your game. And until it's time, to, until it's time to go be a part of something else, and the Lord will give you a peace on when it's time to do that. Uh, this is your game. You're not sitting on the bench. You're in the game, and you have a. The Lord has put you in this moment, in this time, for a reason, and He desires you. He set you aside to to place you in at this time in this season. And when we when we seek justice, when we love. When we love mercy and when we walk humbly with God, uh, I, I believe that the Lord will see us. He will recognize uh, what's going on, and he will respond to our call uh, to be faithful and to put places in the places that he wants us to be for his glory and for his might. So praise God for that. Praise God. Thanks again for joining in on our conversation today on calling and vocation. This is such a tough conversation because in a place of wandering, we so often want to ask, God, what do you have for me? What do you want me to do? Uh, And as we continue to dwell in the land that the Lord has placed us faithfully uh, and seek his face and his voice above others, uh, we believe that the Lord has big things in store for you. So continue to be faithful. And while you're continuing to be faithful, make sure to give us a five-star rating uh, and leave a review and follow in this journey with us. We are beginning our second season uh, with this episode and and, in season two, and we look forward to all that the Lord has in store. Uh, So join in, jump in, and we believe that God's going to speak.